We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kinda dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls and talk some D&D with the cave trolls. I, I, I love sugar. The, the like isn't isn't a part of it. It's, <laughs> it's what can I have, you know what I mean? <laughs> I can have sugar. Just not a lot of it, but right. I can have it. And, uh, you know, I got to maintain my bikini shape for, for bikini season. Oh, yes. Yeah, for bikini season. Now that it's so we are, we are tits deep in bikini season right exactly. now. You so You understand. Yeah. You understand and totally. Something. Yep. As people who go outside regularly and would need to do that, yes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I've been outside before. Really? Um, I've never seen it. My I've never seen you and outside in the same room. At the beach right now. Wow. I'm but not with you're them. not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but they're there. Cool story. <laughs> they're they're doing stuff. So. Uh-huh. Uh how do I sound to you? Do I sound level? Yeah. Yeah, you sound level. Not to too me. quiet or anything? No. Alright, cool, cool, cool. All right, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Cave Trolls podcast. My name is Terry Smith, and I am with one half of the Slavenly Trolls today. The other half is off fighting, you know, aliens in space. So, Sharday, mm-hmm. how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing just peachy. And wow. uh, by peachy, I mean my roof was leaking, my AC <laughs> is still out, uh, my mm-hmm. sink is clogged. Uh, I'm having a great time, you know, just, just wonderful. <laughs> so if you're wondering like, Hey, Terry, we haven't been getting these early episodes. Well, I got to apologize. I'm surprised you're getting any episodes. Um, <laughs> to be fair, like July as a month in general for scheduling and just having stuff come up has been a lot, like for many reasons. 100%. And then the surprise reasons are just like the cherry on top, you know? Yeah, it's you've just, been it's like just that kind of month. Exactly. You've been globe trotting. Liz has been working. I have my uh, my comic book stuff coming up, so I've been like crunching on that real fast. And I was like, oh, uh-huh. we can still fit stuff in. And then everything broke down. And I was like, maybe not. Maybe we won't. No, <laughs> actually, no. No. And, and then when <laughs> no, I have tried today. to like power through it, it's been too hot. My computer overheated. Oh, no. Oh, and yeah, because then your AC broke. So, exactly. like, you can't even, and, can't even stabilize the heat in the apartment. Exactly. And, to, and to, to give you some perspective, I have really good liquid cooling that is not broken at all. So, that's how hot my apartment was. Oh, I mean, it, it this, whole, this past week has been pretty toasty, too. Like, this is the toastiest consistently that it's been all summer, I think. Yeah. And I had to shut up the windows because we've been having uh, the... Uh, the smoke coming from canada again oh have we fuck i haven't even checked <laughs> yeah yesterday was like one of the like the worst days in a little while but okay it was super duper hot and i had to close all the windows so we just left i was like i just i went to my in-laws house they have air conditioning well um, yeah smart choice yeah so so that's what's going down but you don't care about any of that i was just making excuses for why you haven't gotten early stuff uh so (laughs) let's get into it today we're not talking about the news no 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 the news is boring and it's not by the way we're gonna have an awesome news episode of the last two weeks (laughs) later on this week so i'm lying but this week we're gonna have a little gm special uh talking about all the things you need to prep as a dm and uh, we're going to get into like, all of our tips for prepping, what we do to prep a session, one-shots, campaigns, the prep. 
Uh, wow. Which is short for preparing, you know, for those who aren't in the know. Well, that's a pretty high-end DM term. I don't know if they'll you know, know what prep The means. jargon, you know, the <laughs> lingo <laughs> is sometimes hard. You know, coming from a corporate background, sometimes it can, mm-hmm. you know, it can make people feel like outsiders. Uh, so you yeah. got to let them in. So it's good yeah. to prep them Don't gatekeep. Front. Exactly. No you don't get here on this the, podcast. The terms. Prep no. means to prepare. <laughs> You're welcome. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh man! All right, let's just open up the episode with mansplaining and see what goes <laughs> on there. Uh, so, Charday, let's start at the very yeah. beginning. What's the first thing you do to start prepping for a session? Uh, the first thing I do is I try to craft some sort of outline mm. for the session. Um, it's usually around, cause I do most of my prep in Google docs, which has been very helpful for my organization stuff. I used to do it all offline. Hold on, pause, um, pause real quick. Did you see that they have been scraping Google docs? I don't care AI if they, st- I okay. don't, I was just I don't curious care if, if they scrape my DM stuff. I okay. did see it. It's really stupid. They shouldn't. And if I can find an opt out thing, I will, but I don't keep any of my like proper writing stuff on Google docs. Like that's all like, I've been paranoid about that stuff. I don't want, I don't want forever, some GM so. Google AI prepping the way I prep. I mean, it's bad, but it's uh, still my thing. Uh, you know? Like, yeah, it's my thing, but like, <laughs> it's not the worst thing. Cause I really just, most of my stuff on Google docs is for the podcast and for um D and D like Your just D and D in general stuff. Part of the problem. I, I hate it. I, I'm not like as freaked out because I'm on writer TikTok and there are a lot of writers who keep a lot of their stuff. Yeah, on I don't put Google I don't put anything on Google out. Docs at all. Like I, I use I do not Google either. Word, like but... if, if I'm doing so, like if I'm working on a new novel project or a short story or anything, I don't do it on Google Docs. I do it like on my either private computer and my, I back it up on like Dropbox, which so far as I know, Dropbox hasn't been scraping anything. But then if they have, I'm going to have to find a new place to start. <laughs> no, I don't think they do. But, you, like Dropbox is used for like legal stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, they would, yeah, they would have a hard time getting away with that. Like every time I work with like a legit company, like I send them scripts or whatever, it's through Dropbox. Yeah, I don't know why this turned into a Dropbox commercial all of a sudden. We love Dropbox here. Um, <laughs> I, don't, for... <laughs> I don't. I don't. It's really annoying. I just like just... it is. I've been using Dropbox since undergrad though, so I'm, I'm like used to it. I just use it as backup. I don't use it for like writing stuff in it. And I just started using Google Docs when we did the when we do slovenly troll mm-hmm, stuff. Like mm-hmm. all of our outlines and stuff are in Google Docs. It's just easier because we both need to edit everything and sure, see everything sure. yeah, what each other's doing. It just that just makes sense for us. And then I started using it for DM stuff when I switched to DMing remote, like full time. I used to be more hybrid, but now my group that I DM for is all online. So it just makes sense to have stuff online. And one of my part time gigs is dog sitting and house sitting. So it's way easier to just bring my computer with me and have everything ready on Google Docs. Just for I used to have like a big DM binder and like I used to do everything pen and paper. And that's all fine and dandy, and I wish I could still do that, but it just makes more sense for, like, where I'm at now to have it all online. Uh, digital so, makes sense. It just sucks that these these cloud companies yeah. are like, hey, we I'm put so, it here yeah. so it's ours. Um, yeah. But and one now, quick, one more yeah. aside. Uh, I'm sorry uh-huh. I keep derailing us, but you said pen and paper and everything. So I had to do two really weird things the last two weeks. So I got solicited for a script, which I was really excited about, but it's, like, a really old-school company. 
and mm-hmm. uh and but the, so if you if you don't know if you don't write anything semi-professionally or even amateurishly if you try to submit anything anywhere and it's unsolicited most people will ignore you unless they yeah, have you need open, an agent exactly yeah uh, or not just even an agent even Usually. if like like some like this company i don't have an agent they just reached out to me directly um so like that's solicitation right like if they say hey mm-hmm. we want something or you have an agent you know asking people hey would you read something for my client um, yeah. so when that happens, like you, you jump on it usually as, as a small time writer. Um, so this comic company reached out to me and they were like, Hey, but we don't take anything digital. Like they're like this really old school company. And they're oh. like, no, no, no. If, if you really care, you'll mail it to us. Oh, <laughs> so wow. I to, okay. So I had to put together this whole packet and mail it to them. And I'm like, when are you going to read this? <laughs> like, how long is this going to yeah. take to get to you? Do they not know that like UPS is like striking soon? Like, Jesus, that's There's not gonna. Re- yeah, I actually, went, I was gonna, I was gonna overnight it, but like, I'm pretty aware of the UPS strike. Yeah. There's other companies and stuff, but like, a lot of them fall into similar camps. So I'm like, I'm just gonna mail this, um, normal mail. It cost me like five bucks, <laughs> you know, because it's a big package. Yeah. But I yeah. just, I, I thought that was funny. And also, uh, speaking of the Dropbox thing, I included a USB with the digital version for them, uh, oh. which they didn't ask for, but they. They wanted to be able to like see it like eventually like like if they buy it it's just theirs so I'm like I'm gonna give right. you a USB drive to make this easier for you like what do you do retype this like <laughs> yeah I'm very yeah that's very confusing to me because like digital like I understand like the the appeal of pen and paper and like having nostalgia for the old ways of doing things but it's just. It's just so much easier and like eco friendly to like do exactly. it digitally. But a lot of companies, so I found because I've this is now like the second or third company that's like, hey, we'll only take it if it's if it's mail in, um, for like, but it's usually for like they have open submissions. Like if you really care, you'll mail it to us. Um, mm. it's kind of stops, just, you know, it, it lessens their slush pile. Um, well, yeah, because it also bars entry for people who don't have access to printers. Ex- bar- to printers know how mailing works. Uh, can afford a stamp. Like, there's like it's surprisingly can afford to mail some shit. Like, yeah, to, to afford to print something if they don't have a printer that's free and readily available. Like, that's but, not. But printing. they want that, right? Like that that <laughs> makes that you know like tenfold like less submissions to them. Plus, I think mm. it's a little bit of like young people won't do it. Like that really seemed to be the vibe. Um, that's so stupid exactly. just because somebody's young doesn't mean they're untalented i ran into that so much during my master's program like i was one of the youngest people there and like they clearly had a bias for people who were older and like mucho respect to anybody who goes back to school at any age like they deserved the respect that they got but there was still like this undercurrent of like oh you're just really young you don't have anything to say you haven't lived life yet and you're just like well no like i haven't lived your life i've lived a life and i have stuff to say and you're gonna listen <laughs> like i completely agree and like i run into it a lot like when it when it rains it pours a little bit in some like the nerdier spheres that i write for so like a lot of times in comics of like they're looking for that older voice they're looking for crappier comics like like they're they're looking yeah. for stuff that would have been published in the 90s um like uh which will appeal to people who like that for sure like i've gotten notes back like 
there's not enough women in this and not like i don't have like female characters i i do it's like they're not scantily clad enough they're not busty enough yes i'm not this is no exaggeration um i'm not even a little bit surprised no why exactly like i'm not seeing which i hate no but it was like i was surprised like to see it in writing you know what i mean like save that for whenever uh, you're doing an interview one day when you are uber successful and just be like listen i have receipts and i will blackmail you <laughs> <laughs> don't actually but like kind of do like just be that vigilante justice that we all want to see listen, <laughs> i will 100 do that if well I, could. I hope if i ever if i ever make it that far i totally would but also let me be honest those people aren't going to be working by the time i I have more success. The, you know, those that's those fair. companies are not doing well. Because uh, that's not the shit that people want to read. Anyways, though. Anyway, back to outlining in D&D, Terry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Taking us on a writing tangent again. Oh, my ADHD goodness. ADHD brain strikes again. Goodness. Okay, Sade, you <laughs> start with there. a Google Doc and you yes. outline. Okay, yes. Outline. Usually it's about, and this is ballpark, three to seven pages. But it's not just all writing. It's like bullet points. It's pictures. It's links to other documents. And usually what's in these outlines is very haphazard, stuff that only I would, like, be able to decipher. So it's, you know, area descriptions, um, pieces of lore that players can find, plot hooks, NPCs and their backstories, um, potential or inevitable encounters, and then screenshots of places and people, uh, the barest of outlines of like magic and plot items. Um, and then I ide- ideally write these out like a few days before a session. Sometimes it's the day before, sometimes it's the day of, <laughs> but I will always have some sort of outline. And then on a good day, most of the outline will already be done because I'll just cut what was in the previous outline and then paste it into the new one and like recycle stuff because I don't like deleting anything. Um, And I want to try to use as much of the stuff I've already prepped as possible because one, I'm a homebrew DM. So I'm not using any books unless they're like supplementary stuff. So I use like stuff for magic items and spells and um, some NPC generators um in rules and like (laughs) and the rules but like i don't use like a pre-outline plot that's all me all my npcs are from my brain so all of that stuff i want to recycle as much as i can just to make it easier for future me because i could get overwhelmed very easily because i have creative brain and anybody who has creative brain knows you can get really really carried away And then burnout comes out of nowhere and you're like, oh, no, I didn't realize this was happening until it's already happened. Now my brain is mush and I can't think of anything. So I try to do as much um, as I can to, like, save stuff that the players don't get to, put it in another doc somewhere or just copy and paste it into the next session, like rearrange it a bit just to make sure that like I'm not coming up with like new snazzy ideas every week because I also have other creative projects that I'm doing. So I'm very keenly aware of that. But yeah, step one is always outline in my Google Doc and everything else kind of comes from that like foundational piece for me. I mean that's a that's a really good start. I, I'm pretty similar. Um, not to like you know retread stuff, but I, I do a similar thing. Like I I open up a Word doc or I usually like uh, I have 
a notebook for whatever campaign we're doing and i just mm-hmm. jot down like bullet points like this is this is what i want to happen i have two types of bullet points i've mentioned them on on the show before i have the things that could happen so like these are events that maybe the players could incite you know so i have ideas ready if you do a certain mm-hmm. thing but then i have the other kinds which are these are events that are going to happen whether the players see it interact with it or not these yeah are, events in the world like this meteor is going to pass overhead so if somebody is looking up or they they're talking to somebody who's aware of astronomy or something hey this meteor is an event that is mentioned because it has something to do with a overarching plot i've talked about how i do like the short stories for the world so like that's that's where my focus is so i have those two types of bullet points and that's usually it when it comes to what i prep storyline wise like for a session like i have my bullet points and i go now, that changes depending on which type of game we're playing. So if it's D&D and it's in Forgotten Realms, I do crack open, like, the monster manual and I have my monsters ready. Like, I know, right. like, what's going to be around. Like you mentioned, most of the time we do a lot of homebrew stuff, so that's all from my mind. If I need stats, I kind of get them ready. But if yeah. it's for Forgotten Realms specifically or, like, a setting where the creatures like the like the players would know what that person is based on an ip or something mm-hmm. i want to make sure it's authentic so i kind of have that ready to go um but mm-hmm. other than that when it comes to like me starting i just start with those bullet points because i can fill it out like you said like throughout the week when i come back to it and if they don't see that thing or they don't get to that bullet point i just you know copy and paste it or literally like cop it down on another page yeah because <laughs> like why waste those things i'm a exactly. little bit I, i'm a little bit less sacred with it than i am with like my personal writing like when i try to sell a project i'll kill my darlings all day but when it comes to D and I'm like, well, why? That was a good encounter. Like, I don't need it here. But yeah, exactly. Um, if there's more mechanics that's like kind of behind it too. So like with writing and like killing your darlings, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes on, you know, in your in the brain palace and making the narrative work and all that stuff. But also with D and D, because there's like it's more it's war game, right? It is like there's more of a like a video game esque kind of number crunchy stuff behind the scenes and math and stuff and like if the math maths and things make sense and it's a good encounter if it's a good npc or whatever D or like any ttrpg or most that i've played that i get the sense of you can just like cut something and then put it somewhere else and then move around those numbers a little bit and it's a little bit more like a puzzle piece rather how i look at my writing it's way more abstract than that i don't know if that's just my brain but it's way easier for me to like yeah like cut and paste it somewhere else in a campaign than it is in like a novel narrative that i'm working on 100 like the way that my brain works like so i mentioned the short stories thing the reason why that's so easy for me is because the way that my writing works is usually scenes right like this scene has either an objective or a set piece or an emotional beat and those can be transferred anywhere else, so they're just like puzzle pieces. So I could write a really cool scene, a really cool moment, and then you not go and do that uh, as players. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, I can use that elsewhere. And a lot of times what will happen is if I really like a scene and it's so detached from what the players need, I'll put that in like my personal writing. Like It's a really good like like you know foundry for my my comics or whatever sometimes like i've taken whole ideas for campaigns that never got played and i've written a comic mm-hmm. book for it my upcoming comic tokyo fire was a one shot that i wrote for our buddy john and our buddy dave 
and uh, we just never could get around it scheduling wise. And I'm like, well, I'm mm-hmm. not gonna waste this, so I, I yeah. wrote it as a comic book. But it works the same ways for the for the game, so that's why I use such a modular technique for like the the bullet points. Um, and so we don't belabor the point. What's the next thing you do, Charlie? Um, I guess kind of building off of like having my outline as a base and then, you know, like having the bullet points and all the stuff I mentioned before, I then just start asking myself questions, which I've labeled in my like very haphazard notes as taking inventory. (laughs) So I just ask myself a bunch of questions to fill in the gaps and to come up with new bullet points if I'm not recycling a whole lot. Um, which is I ask myself like, where are, where's the party in the main plot? And then how can I, you know, from that question, come up with a bunch of other questions like, well, how can I get there? Are we just going to be on a side plot for a while? What's going to be going on in the main plot while they're off doing this? So they, um, so the timeline kind of makes more sense because like you, I don't necessarily have bullet points of what's happening in the background, but narratively, like just in the back of my brain, I'm just like, this makes sense. And this is going to be happening in the background. I just kind of have it there in my head. I don't necessarily, if the players run into it, if I need something for them to latch onto, I'll bring in those main plot moments. But for the most part, they're very much like, oh, this feels right. So I'm going to put in a main plot moment here. I, I play it much more by by vibes, <laughs> which yeah. you know anything about me makes sense. Um, and then another other questions I ask, like what major decisions that the players have made have consequences? Like what of those consequences are going to come into play? Because we love actions having consequences, especially if it's a decision that was difficult for the player to make. Or a decision that just like naturally will have consequences or the players seem very invested in the consequences. I pay special attention to those. Um, Where are the characters in their own character development? Because, you know, when somebody plays a character for the long campaigns that I run, you they become like a, a limb. Like they are part of you. So I usually either message the players um, once in a blue moon or sometimes they'll just message me which is wonderful and say like where their characters are going or, Hey, I had this idea for my character. And then I'll take inventory when I'm planning, knowing the information that I've recently gotten about this character, one of my players and try to sprinkle it in. And my players are great with their backstory. So they always give me like little tidbits to sink my teeth into. So figuring out, okay, is that going to come into play yet? Is that going to come into play yet? Um, And then, like, some more mechanical stuff. So just, like, do I need to make a map? (laughs) A.K.A. do I use Google Docs to make a map? Which is really haphazard, but it works for us. Um, Or I've been using more theater of the mind stuff recently. That's been working very well. I'm very surprised that it did because my players are very visual people. Um, But we've been, like, experimenting more with theater of the mind. So figuring out if the encounter needs to be that, if I need to build an online map, for stats, like you mentioned, I will, I won't homebrew monsters, but I will, I'm, I will pick a monster that just makes sense for where they're at, um, either in the plot or where they are at um, within the world. And if the stats don't match up with their level, I will do some adjusting, but uh, CR means nothing. Um, I've tried to figure it out. It doesn't mean anything. Um, I can't. It, it. If you if the CR is too high, they'll die. If the CR is too low, they will uh, just murder it. But then sometimes you p- put a CR like three levels above where it's supposed to be, and they'll destroy it in three turns. So I just. <laughs> 
I do what I can planning wise, but most of my encounter stuff is in the moment of <clears throat> adding additional HP <clears throat> where I need to be. Or, oh, that, yep, that character has magic resistance now because you keep rolling a butt ton for melee spell attacks. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> so planning out the stats as best as I can, but mostly that's an in moment thing. And then something that I've been trying to do more recently which I don't know if this is a controversial take or whatever, but I I also, because I play with a lot of my good friends, I I always try to take into account where my players are, like, mentally, because, like, we've been through a panini and sometimes life is hard. And if I know that one of my players is just not having a good week or not having, like, a good month or just something happened, I will try to find a way, like, even if it's a small little thing, to just like make their character have a good day, you know, because sometimes when you have a really bad day or a bad week or whatever, and like something really bad happens in game two, it can just really drag it down sometimes. So I try to fit in little like moments where I can, because obviously the dice roll where they roll and sometimes you can't help stuff. But if I can help stuff as a DM, I like, I try to put in little things in my notes saying, I know so-and-so had a bad day yesterday. I want to make, like, do something nice for them if I can. And, yeah, that's that's me taking inventory of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do something really similar, especially when it comes to, like, the emotional stuff. So um, even if they're not having a bad day, which is something I try to keep in mind and try to prepare for in a really similar fashion, like, especially, like, hey, if someone's having a really stressful week, this isn't going to be a stressful session, right? Like, like let's Yeah, just, exactly. Let's just, like, have a chill moment. So I do similar things. And the other thing I do is when I have those moments, I put those down um, in the let's try to insert these section, like, the same way I have, like, the bullet points of, like, this would be cool if this happened. A lot of those mm -hmm. are just, like, little moments. Like, for instance, we did a one-shot, and uh, there's uh, a meteor that, that they had read about um, in, like, this, like, prophecy and mm -hmm. if they're paying attention, if they do the right things, the, a meteor will, will fly over and it'll actually crash into the battlefield. And someone had mentioned that they always really like that those moments in stories. And I, I love it when, like, the character pulls the sword from the stone. Mm -hmm. um, so I had the characters do all this stuff. And I was like, it'd be really neat because this player was having, like, a really rough week and just wanted that hero moment. If they got to pull a sword from a stone that was actually a meteor that crashed down in the middle of the battlefield... So I just, like, I wrote that down, like, hey, if this happens, it happens. If it doesn't, that's okay. But I, I'm going to write this down, and now they tell it, like, oh, this epic moment, and they didn't know, and they're like, what the heck is going on? Like, they seemed like it was, like, a really cool thing. For me, it was like, I don't know, it seems, like, pretty metal if there's a sword. In <laughs> um, yeah. And they built it up into this, like, part of this prophecy and made it even cooler in their heads, but, like, they just needed that moment. They needed that win, and all it d took for me to... to have that in mind you know it's right a little moment in the in the book you know in my little journal it's like hey wouldn't yeah. it be neat wouldn't they like this and you know and then you go from vibes from there but it's yeah. okay to like not have the full plan just be like it'd be kind of neat if this happened that sometimes mm -hmm. is enough prep for a really cool moment to make your mm -hmm. players shine and it's okay to plan those cool moments like those hero moments are just mm -hmm. as important in my my bullet points as yeah the big bad shows up and gives their monologue Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that that's about where I go next to is like figuring out what the players want for that week, figuring out what the vibes are, and figuring out 
like in like taking inventory of where the story is at that point. So I look at my bullet points for the session versus my bullet points for like the world or the campaign. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of compare and contrast. And that's where a lot of the improv comes in is I kind of look and go, well, what can I slip in this week ahead of time? Sometimes stuff will come up in the session and be like, oh, it'll be cool for me to slip this piece of lore in or, or this campaign, you know, tidbit to move the story along. But I, I do a little bit of that work ahead of time and just kind of look at my notes and go, hey, what's the stuff I need to happen to get to the big reveal or whatever? What can I slip naturally into the session where they said next week, like, you know, you've gotten those text messages. Hey, kind of what's the group's plan? What are you going to do yeah. from what I've set up? Like, for instance, in our GURPS campaign right now, there's a wizard in a tower and there's a town and the wizard is putting out this like magic that seems to be healing the town. Everyone there has like ailments or something and the wizard's healing them. But you found out that that wizard is actually somebody else. Like they're some sort of doppelganger or some sort of person in disguise. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad, you know, like that's the whole, whole other thing. Um, but you found out that this wizard is not who they seem to be. And I just kind of threw that out there. I don't have plans for what you're going to do. So I just kind of texted the group. Hey, what are you thinking about doing <laughs> next week uh, mm-hmm. when we play? Like, what are the plans? And I that's where a lot of my prep comes from. Is like, I just ask you guys, what are you thinking about doing? Where are you thinking about going? And mm-hmm. that comes into our world building analogy that we kind of talked about. Where, like, you only need to build... Um, like the, the set with duct tape and cardboard. So, and you only need to make it look nice where they see. So I don't have to plan mm-hmm. a shit ton of stuff. I just ask you, Hey, are you going left or right? And if you guys say you're going left, I plan more stuff for left. So mm-hmm. that's where a lot of the prep is for me at that point, after I've taken my general notes and I've, uh, figured out what the vibe of the group is. I just ask like, Hey, what is going down next week? And sometimes you lie. Uh, or you've changed your mind. <laughs> that happened last time we were playing in our Forgotten Realms campaign. I'm like, hey, what's the plan? Everyone said X, and then you did Y, which is fine. Um, it just happens. <laughs> it happens sometimes. Sometimes you're like, you know what? We were feeling, you know, doing this whole courtroom drama that you planned and wrote a whole rule set for objections <laughs> and going through your courtroom. And then you said, but what if we just uh, steal the the space stagecoach that was going through space to take you to the planet where you would go on trial and what if we just steal that and become space pirates instead um sometimes your players will do that so no matter how much you prep it might go right out the window yeah but that's my step two uh i can't account for everything but i i start to uh what do you do after you kind of have the you've taken inventory of what the players want what you're kind of set up Mm -hmm. what's your what's your next thing my next thing so if there is an encounter this is just more of just like a general thing that i'll do because i'm just i'm just kind of shit at planning encounters and i try to get better every day but i've just it's not my strength as a dm and i understand that um so i use an encounter builder (laughs) if i can find i have one that i use to try to balance it as much as I can. And even though CR doesn't mean anything in 5th edition D&D, it can at least get me to a starting point. So I use a site called kobodplus.club, um, and I I build encounters through that. <laughs> and that's kind oh, yeah. of like, if there is a encounter to build, I'll be, I'll be using that for sure. And then along with that, sometimes if I know my players are going into a new area or like a new vibe in an area, I want to make sure that all of my uh, music playlists are up to date. So if they're my 
players have been doing a lot of cross-planar travel um, recently. So they were in the Shadowfell for like a couple of weeks out of game, but like a couple of days in the Shadowfell. And now they're in the Feywild. So I've made different playlists to, you know, give the different vibes of the Shadowfell. Shadowfell is very dark and gothic and very like uh, minor chord music. And now that they're in the Feywild, while Feywild has its own problems and stuff, it's like the music and the ambiance is very fairy tale. It's very um, Studio Ghibli music and a lot of um, very happy-go-lucky chime music. And so if they're going into new areas or I want to like set up a new vibe, I either make new playlists or I update the ones that I already have to let the players know on every level that they're in a different place because that's important to me. <laughs> and so that's what I do. And it's fun for me too. And um, also I world build as much as I can. This is more like I only do this if I feel like it, because if you're doing a homebrew campaign, there is no end to the list of stuff you have to do or that you feel like you have to do. So if I have time, if I'm feeling in the mood for it, I will also like outside of the game, outside of my normal prep stuff, like outside of the outlines, I will also in my quote unquote, just like floating prep time. If I have the time, and also, if I just feel the urge to, I will world build. So I will flush out the world. I'll flush out character arcs, build an NPC, um, flush out the important events that I already have outlined, but only when I want to or else I will get overwhelmed. And I know that I will. <laughs> so I make sure because I have the, the base foundation of the world that I've created, filling in those gaps, I will only do if it's necessary for where the players are or if I have fun. Because the DM should also be having fun, like in as much of the D&D process as you can. So I, I try to keep that in mind as I'm doing like the the floating prep, as I like to call it. Man, like I, I feel like uh, we already knew that we had similar GM styles, but like as I'm going through our prep, like our prepper is, is exactly the same. That's literally what I do next <laughs> is I open up Spotify and, and I'm yep. just like, let's make playlists for a million things like i have like the general yep. playlists of like you've heard of them where it's like this is just like the general vibe of the yeah. campaign but then like you said like let's build out like what this uh you know setting is gonna be for for this week um and i have like specific session playlists and then i have like cool yep. moment playlists like if yep. you <laughs> slow motion walking playlist because you blew something yep. up you know like all the, the cool entrance music for uh-huh. NPCX. I'm, it's so cool. I, I, it makes it. I don't know. Maybe we're both doing it wrong, but I love that we're maybe. both doing it the same well, way. Well, actually, know? I don't know if we are because what was it? Last session of the session before one of my players. I have this. So the the main ambiance for the campaign that I currently run is very like it is fantasy, but I really wanted the aesthetic to be like. I see it in a color palette. So I see it in like purples and greens and blues and like jewel tones. And mm -hmm. I wanted the ambient music to be almost cyberpunk esque, like Hell synths yeah. and stuff, but it's still like high fantasy, but I just really wanted that ambiance. And so I have like their battle playlist is a lot of synth music and a lot of like, um, lyricless club music yeah and so it's like it gets you pumped right like during these encounters and one of my players was just like can you send me the link to this playlist because i just want to listen to it outside of the game and i'm like oh my god yes 
of course. Are you kidding? Like, I felt like honored that they would ask such a thing. It's, <laughs> it was it's great. the best. And it's so cool. Like the amount of time, like I, I, I love all the stuff I do for GURPS. Like I, that's one, like I have a lot of pride in, especially like the first few sessions that I had like meticulously planned as much before like everyone branched out. But I was mm-hmm. kind of, I, I, I was both like, uh, really heartened but also a little bit disappointed because the most compliments i got was on the music and i was like but i wrote a lot of cool shit and everyone's like yeah but the music you picked was awesome <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah yeah uh, but like so that makes me feel better so maybe we are just doing it right i don't want to assume yeah. but i think that that's um, a really fun thing to do it helps with the world building for me it helps me same. come up with yeah. more cool moments like a lot of my mm-hmm. inspiration comes from the music and i'm like oh i hear this music that would be really cool if Chardet was doing this thing and this music hit you know mm-hmm. um so and we've talked about how we ask everybody to make playlists for their characters and whatnot yeah so like that's a that's a big part for me as well for the the session prep and uh the other part you said for the the floating part is while i'm waiting doing more world building i do the same thing um partly from the music i'm like oh it might not fit here but let me add this other session but also i use that moment to figure out what the players are looking at you said you were going left now i start to world build left so i know Mm -hmm. they're going to this town with this wizard and i knew there was going to be a tower but there's you know a hundred other people that live here so who Mm -hmm. are they what do they do how do they fit into everything maybe i haven't come up with this part of the world yet so i need to do that legwork um, and that's when I do it is after I kind of know the general point of the session. Um, is there anything else you do before you sit down at the table before we pivot to the next topic? Um, let me look at my list. Let me look at my list. Yes. Yeah, so two things. One, I forgot to mention for like my overall prep. Um, Because this is also something that I've recently noticed and that I'm trying to get better at because sometimes the party splits. And you, when that happens, you're sometimes you're a little bit keenly aware of like how much time you're spending with certain characters or like what characters are speaking up more or what characters are engaging more. So that's also something that I've been, I want to like say that I've been paying more attention to is which characters have had their times to shine and what moments have characters been latching onto the most is also kind of like not necessarily something that I put into every one of my outlines, but it's it's a floating thing, right? It's something that I try to think about every session. Like, oh, okay, um, Lissa paid really, really close attention to whenever I mention anything with social media <laughs> or gossip magazines. Okay, let's put a gossip magazine everywhere. Or uh, the players really uh, latched onto the idea of a Feywild spa. So we're just going to have a spa day. And just having that floating question and a bunch of other floating questions that I'm probably also forgetting to mention. Um, But the last thing I kind of have jotted down outside of game is something that I've been doing for a long time. Like basically since I started DMing is I do something called inspiration questions. So out of game inspiration so every before every session, or I try to do before every session, to get myself and my players more invested outside of the game, is I uh, pose a question either in our now our group Discord that I've created, which is makes things a lot again more a lot better organized. Just having a group <laughs> Discord <laughs> for all of like the different conversations between DM and player and 
having like a just a nice place for everybody to talk about if a group chat environment isn't your thing and you want to be more organized highly recommend um so i put an inspiration question in there of mostly character questions and you i just google like character like D character questions like what's your character's favorite color and why or pick a what's a memory that your character has from their childhood that you think has impacted them the most or something like that and just one question every week to just get them to think about stuff and if they answer it they get an inspiration point they just get a free dm inspiration to just re-roll something and they usually get pretty into it which is very nice and lets me know that they are invested and even if they're not invested they're pretending like they are and that's really nice too um and then if I if I can't think of a character question or I think of another idea I'll do this too where I will ask hey if you could describe the game we had last session in a gif or like if you if there was a meme that you could make make that and if you make a meme or if you give me like a series of gifs that represents the the uh the last session we had do that and then you'll get inspiration just put it in the group chat um and then i had an idea a couple weeks ago that i was very proud of that i'm very proud all of my players tried to do is i made a crossword puzzle <laughs> an online crossword puzzle <laughs> of like and all the answers were just stuff they should have in their notes like hey what's the city with this trait or what who's the npc that this is their catchphrase or which character um has this as part of their backstory and i made this whole online crossword puzzle and i'm like if you can get all of these you get two points of inspiration but if you just do it and you try your best you get one point of inspiration so just like doing stuff outside of the game and like involving the players and rewarding the players because i'm just really bad at giving out in-game inspiration so i don't think this would work as well if i was much better at that because in-game inspiration i just think oh that's so cool i'm so glad they did that and then i just forget to give them dm inspiration <laughs> so this just works better for me because i remember every week to give every player the opportunity to get inspiration to get that dm re-roll and then if I remember in game, I'll do it too, but I'm just really bad at it. So this just works better for me and my group. And it keeps us talking about the campaign. It keeps them thinking about their characters outside of the campaign. And it's worked really well. I think it's one of the best early DM decisions I ever made was to do it. So much so that my other DM friend stole it. And that's just the sincerest form of flattery to me when she 100%. stole my idea and, and it worked. <laughs> we've stolen so much stuff from each other. And speaking of that, like I'm thinking that, yeah. that's, that I think that's something that I'm missing is like, I usually send like prompts of like, hey, what are you doing? Or what did we think about this thing? And we talk about the events that are happened mm -hmm. or are going to happen. But I've never just like, I mean, I, I've tried to nudge, but I think that would be a better way. Because like I've said, hey, do you want to talk in character while I go do this or that? Yeah, or, yeah. Or we have some downtime in between sessions. I'm going to roll like I'll let you guys role play what you do for this travel or something in between. But I've never yeah. just like, hey, prompted. Here are some questions about your character to to flesh those out a little bit more and i think i am yeah. gonna steal that i think that that would go a Do long it. way with our group it's really great and it it start with it outside of game and i guarantee well i, I don't want to guarantee anything but like i noticed as a dm as soon as i started doing that the the players just know their characters better when they do that and they think about those questions and when you know your character better you just role play them so much easier when you know who they are and you think about these, I don't want to say like super deep questions, because they don't have to be deep questions. They can just be like, what's your character's favorite color? And where do you think that comes from or something? 
and it just when you're comfortable in like that new person's like um like persona that you are utilizing during a game it just it in my experience it just makes it come so much more naturally and it's probably why my games are so much more character based is because of those kinds of decisions also because of you know I'm a theater kid and that's just who I am but I I think this helped (laughs) after botching the one last job that was supposed to get them up and out of the irradiated slums of futuristic lower Tokyo two small-time crooks Tib and Ren along with their mentor Lee are caught between superpowered gangs a violent police state a class revolution and a leather-clad pyrokinetic madman trying to burn it all down thieves family flame Tokyo will burn Written by T.S. Luther, the writer behind Growing Up, drawn by Sky Hawkins, the artist and writer of Exhaust, and lettered by Mike Stock of 32 Kills. Tokyo Fire is a seven-issue limited series that follows two thieves as they navigate the final days of their city and unravel the conspiracy that led to its downfall. With your help, we can jumpstart issue number one and start telling the story of Lower Tokyo's descent into ash. Tokyo Fire comes to the crowdfunding platform Zoop.gg in August. Head on over to Zoop.gg to get notified when the campaign goes live, or go to campykilledcreations.com slash comics for a five-page preview. See here, your average, everyday woman. She's beautiful, she's graceful, and she really knows her way around the kitchen. I even joined a book club with the other women in my cul-de-sac. What a star! By day, I'm the perfect homemaker. By night, I am... Kaloka, the Goliath Bloodhunter. And I will slice apart my enemies as I slice apart a delicious honeyed ham. My word, that is no way for a lady of the house to be speaking. Well, that's awfully closed-minded of you. You obviously don't listen to the slovenly trolls. The slovenly what? They're a monthly podcast that deep dive into the lore and history of Dungeons and Dragons. They've done episodes on the drow matriarchy, gender-exclusive prestige classes, and horny goddesses of the Forgotten Realms. Horny what? Oh! And he's passed out. Well, what are you waiting for? Go listen to the Slumly Trolls, and you too can make a misogynist fate. Hi. I'm the new narrator, here to tell you that the Slovenly Trolls publish new episodes every month and they cite all of their sources. Now that's spiffy. And don't forget, you can listen to the Slovenly Trolls wherever you get podcasts. Uh, hey, what? Good God, two women speaking to each other. Police, police, stop them. Galoka also has proficiency in unearned strikes. Yeah, I definitely, I'd love that. And that's something that I think I'm going to do next. So I guess like, that's about it, right? Because that's, that's when the session starts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so to pivot a little bit before we go too much further, um, let that was mostly campaign advice, right? This is how you prep for your campaign session. We've talked a little bit on world building on starting a campaign. I want to talk a little bit, and I know you're a little bit fuzzier on this because you don't do it as often, but you've now run a few. How do you prep for either like a mini series or a one shot? How does that differentiate from like the process that we've talked about so far? I've never DM'd either of those things. <laughs> 
Oh, maybe you've played in a few. Maybe you've played. In a I've few. played. I've played in a few. Yes, I have played in a few, but I've never DM'd a one shot or a short thing because my brain doesn't work like that. I have too many ideas, and I, I either it's either like a five year long campaign or bust. I guess for me, I don't. <laughs> I just don't do that. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> well, to give some advice to some people, because my brain works in all sorts of ways. My brain works in stories, so that can be applied anywhere, right? Like it's sometimes it's shorter stories, and other longer stories. Sometimes I wanted them to be longer stories, and uh, because we run nineteen games between the two of us, we can't always fit in all of those, right? So mm-hmm. I gotta shorten it down. So how my prep changes for a shorter thing is I do way more bullet points. I, and mm-hmm. I find like a start and a finish of not just like campaign of like, Hey, these are at least three beats that, you know, beginning, middle of end, you know, act one, act two, act three. Um, and then I expand them a little bit there. So I write it a little bit closer to how I write my comic books, um, or my, my actual fiction. So I, I do an act one and I do, where does it start? Where does it end? Maybe some bullet points in between. Same thing for Act Mm -hmm. 2 and Act 3. So Mm -hmm. I can keep the ball rolling if the players start to meander because there's an end date, right? Whether it's that night because this needs to be completed in one night or Mm -hmm. I only have three sessions before we start up this other campaign or get back to our main one or whatever is, Mm -hmm. you know. So I plan a little bit more meticulously on what events have to happen to move the story forward. Um, And then I force a little bit more of that character building beforehand I like the players to know exactly who they're playing if it's not going to be a fully improv session, because sometimes those are. I uh, DM'd a one-shot last Friday or, or two Fridays ago, and it was 100% improv. No one knew who they were playing before the, the session started. Oh, fun. And we did a full build. I mean, like, they had a general idea. Like, they had some stats on the character sheet, but they didn't know their backstories or or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. And and so I do one of those two things. So if I if I do the super planned one, I make sure everyone knows their backstories, what their names are, some relatives, NPCs they know, how they know the other players so we can just jump right into the action. If not full in media res, pretty close. Uh yeah. so we don't have to spend too much time doing that um in game. And even some stuff that they might not know, like more meta knowledge, like the other players know the other character because it's like almost like they've seen the trailer for the movie, but they haven't seen the movie yet. Like, you know that yeah. Tom Cruise is yeah. hanging out with the tech guy for the new Mission Impossible. You don't necessarily have to know who the tech guy is. You just know he has a tech guy. So you know that the role that the other person is playing in the mm-hmm. one shot. So I, mm-hmm. I do that on the planned ones. On the unplanned ones, no one brings anything. We sit down and the prep is, hey, everybody give me one landmark around the town. Everybody give me an NPC that you know, give me an NPC that you don't know, and give me an NPC that you either hate or like, it's up to you. Um, and that that is usually enough for me to have a setting, and everyone figures out how they know each other as the play goes, and I usually have some general idea of what the session is going to be, a beginning, middle, of end, you know, that yeah. the meteor strikes at the end when the monsters are attacking <laughs> Yeah. So like, I know that that's where it's going to end. Okay, so I know what I'm building towards. But that's how I prep a little bit differently for one-shots. Yeah. Um, so, Sharday, if you ever, you know, end up switching your entire brain chemistry and want to do something short sometime. <laughs> I do want to, like, challenge myself to do something like that. And I also someday want to run a campaign out of a book 
more casually like because i i don't it'll probably take like it'll have its own prep time but oh my god would it cut down on prep time so much if i just ran a book adventure i got strixhaven for christmas i'm like should i run like a casual strixhaven thing like just to like see how different that is it would still be like a longer thing but it would be like a very contained you know story so I want to branch out and do that stuff. I just need to, you know, get in the get in the right headspace, change my brain chemistry a little bit, and figure it out. Well, <laughs> and, and also like, set a day to do that. A lot of it too isn't just necessarily that's how my brain works or something. It's a lot of like to use a want for a better word. That's a little bit of a privilege, right? To like go, well, I yeah. only run long campaigns because some people don't have that option, right? Oh, a hundred. I am so keenly aware of and, like how privileged i am in that respect for sure the fact that i have been running with the like basically the same group with like around five years now like that is insane and i feel lucky all the time i remind myself of that you're you're really good about that and a lot of it too is like you're just better like if you can't do the thing that you really want to do you just don't do it right like you just uh it, a lot of uh, me doing one shots was like me and my friends wanted to play D&D. We want to run a big campaign, but we didn't have yeah. time. And and you're better at going, oh, I'm just not going to do it then because I don't want to do a one shot. But for me and the guys, <laughs> you know, growing up, it was like, well, then I guess Terry plans a one shot. So like that's, that's what happens. <laughs> We're, we're very much, you know, molded by our circumstance, right? Like, I started my first ever campaign in the middle of my grad program, and I had a very set schedule with people who had the very similar set schedules, and we had very similar open availabilities. And so it just worked out really well to have a weekly campaign, and then the panini happened, and then that could have you know spelled the end for like my long campaign running stuff it could have taken a toll on people tech issues are no joke like they can be really annoying especially zoom has been incredibly annoying recently (laughs) for me and the fact that people still wanted to do these long campaigns after that yet despite the distance despite the time zone stuff that we have to deal with is like the fact that we're still able to make that work is a huge privilege and like not a lot of campaigns could have survived that and mm-hmm. i again on low days when you feel like like the shittiest dm that's ever lived in the history of dmness gotta remind yourself of that sometimes or i try to at least remind myself of that sometimes and i think that's where a lot of the one-shot stuff came from for me or like those miniseries partly is like the way that my brain works like i have an idea it's got to come out of my head it, whether it's a campaign or a one-shot sure. or a comic book sure. like i got the story i want to tell it and i the way that like my adhd brain works is like i kind of get obsessive with it and my brain mm-hmm. won't move on till i get it out so mm-hmm. like the one shots are like maybe i can't do a full campaign because we already have three full campaigns going between you know three different gms like all of us have right. those different games so we can't do another one but i can fit it in as a one shot so i mm-hmm. can still get that release that that relief mm-hmm. off my brain the pressure can be um released from that valve so i i, I kind of force myself into it that way and the other part is it is that adulation that like I'm really really needing. I I need the I need somebody saying you're doing a good job in the one shots. Always, I yeah. found like <laughs> people are so much more lenient with the one shots. You know, like yeah. so like even if you're like not doing a good job, like last Friday was not a great one shot in my opinion. The players were oh. great. I doing a fully improv one. It was really fun and like wacky and some cool stuff happened and it was kind of a yeah. horror one. But like I uh-huh. felt that the ending wasn't 
fully realized because yeah. normally there's more thought put into them. But everybody else sure. is like, that's a one shot. It's supposed to be kind of kind of ended abruptly or something. They were also lenient and were just grateful for me running. So there is a little yeah. bit of like the one shots, like the the cheat code. We're like, everybody knows it's only one session. It's fine. They're just glad yeah. that even though one of our players abandoned us and went to Chicago for a week, that <laughs> we can still play. Um, so they're just like super thankful. So there's a little bit of like just to boost my self esteem, I'll run a one shot, you know. Uh, maybe that's the cheat code to getting rid of, yeah, like the DM inadequacy. Just run a bunch of one shots. That'd be exactly. great. Not the cure, yeah. So just do that, and you know your GMing will improve in quotations. <laughs> improve, or at least you'll get a bigger ego, which might be great, might be terrible. You never know until you try it. It's fine if you have a big ego if you actually secretly hate yourself. That's what I've found. Like that's. It's... Oh yes, if the big ego is hiding the insecurity, that's exactly. usually when it works the best. If it's yeah. hubris, then it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, balances it out or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with all that in mind, it's kind of like to, to pivot just one more time before we okay pivot and this pivot pivot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. So w- what are the things that we've kind of left out for prep that we could kind of slip in here for like general tips? We've talked about how we general tips general tips. Um. That we saluted in case you were curious what just happened. Um, <laughs> Uh, what what else can we slip in there for like just little pointers, little tips that fit in there for mm-hmm. any of the different phases oh. that we talked about? Oh, um, if you have DM friends, talk to them. <laughs> like if ser- no, like seriously, I I have just like this open conversation with my other DM friend. I mean, we talk about DM stuff too, but I mean, we could talk about it more because like the more you talk to other DMs, you find stuff to steal. You hear about like things that have worked really well, but you also hear about things that they tried that didn't work so well. So maybe you're like trying out a new mechanic or you homebrewed something or you're you're running into a problem in your plot and you don't want to talk to your players about it because of whatever reason. It could just be like you're self-conscious about it or you don't want to like get rid of that DM mystique just yet or it, it, it has to do with a major plot point and you just really don't want to tell them because you want them to find it out organically in the campaign. If you have other DM friends, like even if they've just run a one shot or if they've been in that kind of like uh, seat at the table before, talk to them about it. Like utilize them as a resource if you can, because having that kind of open communication, it takes a lot of it. One, it just gives you it'll help you feel like you're not as alone in your dm struggles because there are a lot fewer dms than there are players right i think that's a pretty agreed upon consensus yeah dms are a finite resource most of the time it takes a lot for a player to become a dm i should know i've been trying to get lissa to dm more frequently for years (laughs) she wants (laughs) to it's just you know sometimes you know uh so if you have dm friends talk to them about it just like posit questions vent frustrations uh, talk shit about your players just kidding we all love our players um but you know just have that open communication with somebody who's who's been there and who understands ask for help ask for a cheat sheet if you know there's a dm who's run the same um setting or the same if you're running a, a campaign of the book if they've run a campaign of the book ask them for like hot tips Or um, if they have any homebrew items, like maybe they're really into homebrewing, like uh, items and stuff, but you're not really about that. Use, just use them as a resource, I think. 
I've been trying to do that more often, but, and remind yourself, remind myself of that, but do that. It, it's great. <laughs> it's a great resource. Use them. 100%. And like, you've heard us talk about on here, just like, oh, hey, I use that idea that you had mentioned, or you've brought up stuff that yeah. you've used from my campaigns, because I've never played in one of yours, but we talk yes. about a lot of them. You've given me lots of cool stuff, but you play in mine. So specifically, like, you'll just mm -hmm. mention like, hey, that thing you did last week, I did that. It worked. Or, hey, it I didn't work. It. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, and it just it goes a long way, and it's super helpful. And like, like you said, don't be afraid to reach out and ask for tips like uh um the one that comes to mind right away was when you um you mentioned that you had your own astrology or not yeah is that the word i'm thinking of? Yeah, yeah yeah basically it was my own astrology stuff yeah yeah so like i was like i i want we we have that that campaign in forgotten realms that's a lot like clueless so you have a lot of these like um party girls and i was like oh astrology would fit in there perfectly but i'm not sure like what would be the signs you're like i already figured it all out here and you just like handed I already me made it. this <laughs> awesome supplement and i'm like oh perfect so we can read each other's signs and you have like a translation like oh, if you're cancer this is what you are you're this sign and it just it, mm -hmm. it worked super duper well and that, mm -hmm. that wouldn't have happened if like we hadn't talked about gming stuff and reaching out yeah and if you don't have other friends who also gm because some people don't like you said they're pretty rare um there's lots of good websites um gm's yes. guild is another is like a like one of my favorites you can just kind of go there and look at you know lots of different tips um uh, i'll put a couple of different resources like there's a lot of different forums that i frequent that are just like hey let's talk about these little things that i've done but don't be afraid to just google it go to reddit go to google go wherever that you like to search and just type in hey i have this idea or I like that's how I found so many really good fishing mechanics for for D and D. Oh. Um, was I was like I want to do fishing. I don't have the time to put in for fishing, but all right. of my, my friends love the fishing mini games and RPGs, and that's come up like several Ooh. times. Um, my other that. friend started. You're just the worst. <laughs> Everybody else who plays RPGs loves fishing mechanics. Is it John? Do I have to have a word? Oh, John definitely <laughs> like, does. But there were several of them. Disgusting. And so, so like I just typed it. I was like D and D fishing mini game, and I got like 15. Um, oh shit! I mean, that makes sense that somebody would a hundred. There's crossover between you know like RPGs and TTRPGs. So exactly. I'm glad that exists. Yeah. But that's what like that's usually my first step if like you've never done it like that's the thing that I, I do a lot too is like hey have you ever done this and you're like no like, mm -hmm. i've never ran a one shot so i don't fucking know <laughs> i'm not what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> so i reach out to other people and uh um rick from uh hammer of the gods podcast which i'll plug here in a second like the, the, he's been like a really great resource so, like hey what what about this what about that um yeah. so just like like you said like if you know gms talk to them if you don't don't be afraid to reach out online or find different supplements right into us like we might not be able to help them. we might be able to point you in the right direction like i'll always answer gm questions for whatever system for sure. you know that we're playing a million of them and Chardet plays so much fucking D. &D. uh I play so much D &D. <laughs> so, like she will have some sort of answer or a place to point you give me another tip Chardet. what else you got oh god that was my one um <laughs> <laughs> well i can i can give um, another one but go ahead well steal steal stuff from your media <laughs> when you're prepping if you're like super into a tv show right now and you're like oh my god i'm wasting away my life binging this tv show no you're not steal something from it and put it in your prep <laughs> and put it in your game <laughs> like use it and if your players know what you're doing gaslight them and say no you don't um, um, <laughs> so <be> <laughs> I had the same tip. Um, 
uh, but it works both ways too, right? So like you can gaslight them, so they're like, "Oh, I thought it was like this, but maybe not." And the like, twist reveals sometimes are better. Sometimes I just ask, mm-hmm. "Hey, what is a show that you that reminds you of this campaign, or you would like to see something similar?" And yeah. I have a few players that don't like surprises, but they like certain things. Um, yeah. So I asked them like, "Hey, what what would you like to see from it?" Um, like, you like this show? Would you like more of that? Um, one of my players, uh, we mentioned John before. John really loves, like, city-building stuff. Um, it's, like, one of his yeah. favorite minigames. So I try to always throw in something in there. If all the players aren't interested, it's just something he can mess with. But give them a base or something, just because he loves yeah. that aspect. Um, our buddy Dave, he really likes those big, like, cinematic moments, a la anime, like, the final battles. So I try yeah. to throw in those big, like oh, like, this player can face off this BBEG, even if it's not, like, like the, not, maybe not the EG one, but just, like, a big bad of the episode, um, and have, like, mm-hmm. an epic anime moment, because that's where he kind of gravitates to. Sharday really likes, like, the romance aspect and the role play, so, like, I try to push those in there, because I said, hey, Sharday, what do you want more of? And you're like, more people need to be fucking. So it's like, well, let's put it in there. <laughs> And that's how she said it, too. That's she said totally, it exactly totally. like that. More people gotta be fucking. That's, that's exactly how I talk. Yep. Uh, but, like, you know, when you were like, well, I do really dig, like, the, the role play and the interplay of everybody, whether that's NPCs or something. So that was something I tried to incorporate in the game that you were yeah. playing. But it, it's, it's that simple, right? Like, reach out and ask them, what do they like mm-hmm. from media? And you can just copy that shit. <laughs> Oh, yeah, uh, exactly. And it's also like if you are feeling like if you're running a long campaign and you're just feeling like because it happens, you get DM burnout or whatever, um, and you don't, your people please are like me and you don't want to like disappoint your players by like not playing, plan like a session where everybody just talks about the campaign and just like, hey, what did you like so far? What did you not like so far? And n- don't do any prep work for it. Like maybe prep some questions to ask them. Um, but just like have like an open conversation about it. I've done that once and it was very helpful. And then it didn't actually last for very long. We only talked for maybe 30 minutes and then we all built an NPC together. Cause I'm like, well, what else can we do for the time that we've like, you know, carved out of our day to do this. And then we all, <laughs> I created like these impromptu tables and we all rolled an NPC. Like we rolled for everything. We rolled for their class, their race, their stats. Everything was super random. It is the most non-effective <laughs> uh, NPC rogue you've ever seen in your life with a dexterity of 10. But it was really fun and we had a lot of fun doing that. So if you're like running like a long campaign and you just want a break, but you don't necessarily like want to stop thinking about D&D and you don't want to like leave it in the lull, you can schedule stuff time like that as well or if your players aren't as like they don't like talking about like character stuff openly which is totally valid too like just have some time outside of the game to just talk one-on-one either with text messages or on a video chat with your players in person if you play in person to just like talk about that kind of stuff and get their vibe and see and take what they want and yeah put it in the game yeah, it's very I, very useful i've never prepped a session that it's just been like hey y'all we're just gonna talk this week i've done that in character right where i'm like hey everybody i didn't plan a lot of encounters let's kind of talk around this campfire we've done that a few times and yeah yeah i've done that too yeah, yeah th- that sure. goes pretty well but i've never just done the the hey let's what's something that we want to talk about because i don't really want to plan something big i might do that in the near future I like that idea. It kind of gives everybody a chance to kind of chill out and 
And if yeah, you just talk about D and D or talk yeah. about the campaign and just like bring some dinner, don't feel pressure to like talk about it in character. Cause again, sometimes it takes players a, a while to get over that hurdle, regardless of if they really like role playing, if they're like new characters and stuff and they don't really know them very well, just have like an open, yeah, have an open conversation about it and just like talk about the vibes, talk about what you want to see, talk about anything. And then if the conversation is only is really short, just do something do a fun world building thing for the world and still feel involved but not feel pressured to move you know the plot forward or anything yeah i like that i might steal that pretty soon (laughs) um don't be surprised if when you finally get back and you're not jet setting around the country (laughs) that we just chill and catch up for a little bit around Mm. uh, a fake campfire um Mm. So that's all we have for the GM tips this week. But if you have like specific questions or more stuff you want to hear, the the big request we got was do another GM tips episode. Uh, so we did that. <laughs> but um, but if you want something specific, if you want us to talk about something else, we've talked about world building, we've talked about prep, we've talked about um, general tips a few times, um, improv, like what to do around the table. So if you don't know, we're running out of ideas for these. So just like give us <laughs> give us something to talk about if this is something you want to hear more of um i'm thinking about depending on what we want to do for patreon maybe putting this as like a stretch goal of doing this like once every few months um doing like a a big gm special like this um making them a little bit more of a regular thing because people seem to be enjoying them i know sometimes with the news it's just us telling you a lot of stuff that you can go buy um Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's a lot so i completely understand that sometimes you just want a break from that i like talking about this stuff it's pretty fun um i'm very flattered a few people just said they wanted to hear me talk about something that wasn't news because i'm not on something like slovenly trolls so that was very heartening shout out to everybody who mentioned that um it wasn't a large number but it was a number (laughs) it was a number also like we we could think about like because i mean i know lissa isn't a gm but i know lissa plays in and she's been playing in a lot more games just as a player so if like you want to hear like player tips because there's some you know sometimes when you start in a new campaign or um, a new system or whatever lissa's been doing a bunch of new stuff with different campaigns and like different systems and stuff so if you want like to hear her or like having an episode where we all talk about player tips instead of gm tips let us know i don't 100 percent know what that would look like but i'm sure there's something there <laughs> i'm sure there's something there too that would be really fun um I, I might just be you two honestly i don't play that often anymore um forever gm uh, it's been 84 years like, <laughs> like that, that, that's me like it's been a long time um yeah i i, I cannot remember the last time i just played well it was your birthday oh shit that's right i was i was there terry well i was picturing like because john is usually my gm um yes yeah because like you only play with cool people from the internet and um, i'm not one of those people um, nope. I was never invited. It's just like, oh, I'm not allowed on <laughs> Slavonly Trolls. Uh, just, uh, just not a place for me, which is okay. Not every place is for me. Um, I'll cry about it off camera. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but my wife is the shit, and once a year, always plans a game on my birthday. Um, mm-hmm. So I can talk about those, although I feel like that's a bad example because people just try to like make me the star because it's my birthday and my <laughs> wife runs the game that i said this would be fun like what well, uh, last year it was digimon this year it was power rangers <laughs> mm-hmm. so 
but yeah, I guess we could, I could mention a few of those things. And I used to play before, like when I was like 16 yeah. or so, I played a few games. Yeah, dig into the, the 15, 16-year-old memory. Yeah, it's been 15 years, literally, since <laughs> I played on a regular basis. I, I played in a small campaign in the like 2014 to 2015 i played mm -hmm. once a week for like a year so i guess i could wow yeah i know I've, living I, large real deep but i've been i've been a forever gm now uh yeah. for a long time but yes i think that would be fun so that's something let us know if you want to hear about that um let us know if you want to hear about anything you can head over to campykillcreations at gmail.com so you can email us there you can head over to campykillcreations.com click the little contact us button a lot of people do that you can get a hold of us there if you don't want to bother with email because email's scary i understand that um you can find all of our other content also at campykillcreations.com uh, lots of comic books from me uh all of our other podcast stuff like slovenly trolls are over there if you really really like and want to support us head on over to patreon.com slash can't be killed creations and you get early content bonus content lots of cool stuff we do um our book club bitches and books where we talk about a book every month we're trying to slow that down though because a lot of our patreon people are like hey I love that I have this, but I can't keep up. So maybe every other month. So we might slow that down a little <laughs> bit for request. Like, listen, like if you want us to put out less content and you still pay us, we can do that. Okay, like that's that not is a, not. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, that is not a <laughs> Watch problem. That. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Um, shout out to Trellbot. Uh, they were like, like, hey, can we not do this every month? I'm like, you got it, Coach. Uh, you got like, it, girl. I can do that for you. Um, mm. But we also have Charday's Lori rights, where I do the art and Charday rewrites some piece of like problematic uh lore sometimes they're not so problematic sometimes they just need to be updated um yeah. but a lot of times there's a lot of problematic shit that she can change there's so many so many <laughs> uh, give me one second sorry i got uh maintenance here give me one minute yep one sec Um, do you want me to shut, I got one window open, do you want me to shut that? Alright, thanks man. Hey, dude, you still there? Yeah. Alright, sorry about that, uh, maintenance guy's here to fix the AC. <laughs> no, don't worry about it, I'm fine. Like, I'm like sweating through my shirt already, I'm like, oh, perfect. <laughs> I definitely want to fix that. All right. So we were talking about the, the plugs, right? Where were we? Uh, the Lori rights. Yeah, Lori rights. All right. Perfect. So you can get all of that over on our Patreon, including this show early sometimes. 
And if we ever do those GM specials, that's where they'll be. Um, if you liked me, you can find me at Resident Evil on a bunch of different um, platforms. You can find me at uh, CBKC Comics on Twitter. You can find me uh, CBK Comics on TikTok, which is where I'm most active. I'm a TikToker now. I'm an influencer. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, so if you want to see social media, that's where I'm at. Sometimes I'm on Twitter, not so much. I haven't jumped to threads yet because I don't like meta, but I probably will make the jump eventually. Uh, just because that's where the people are. And just like Ariel, I want to be where the people are. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I don't know why I'm talking about the Little Mermaid. Anyways, um, if you really, really like me, I would love for you to go check out my comic books. I got a new one called Tokyo Fire. Uh, cyberpunk world where a bunch of you know people are living in the slums and there's radioactivity and superpowered gangs and criminals lighting fires and just a bunch of thieves trying to make their way and they get sucked into this whole conspiracy theory of why the city has become that way it's it's crazy if you want to hear more about it you can get that over at campykillcreations.com slash comics or if you already like the idea you can check it out over on zoop.gg it's like kickstarter but just for comics um it's better honestly uh <laughs> so go to it zoop z-o-o-p dot g-g and you'll see tokyo fire in the coming suit section it's gonna launch in august please go do it i'm so poor and if i <laughs> if i'm allowed to keep making comics i i won't cry and you don't want me to cry right um it's not it's not a pretty sight and if you do want me to cry i will do it if you go do the comic it'll be happy <laughs> tears but uh, if you want that instead that's okay too like listen i'll do whatever you need as long as i can keep making comics <laughs> oh man uh Shardé, where can the people find you online they can find me as the best half of the slovenly trolls podcast where we do monthly deep dives into problematic D lore contextualize it and talk about it and try to make the whole D verse a cooler chiller better place overall i run the slovenly trolls twitter at slovenly trolls even though yeah it is currently burning to the ground but i'm still there uh, we also have a TikTok at Slovenly Trolls, and Lissa runs the at Slovenly Trolls Instagram and the threads. So you can find us um, in many, many places. And yes, that's, yeah, that's my plug. <laughs> Yay. Go do it, you cowards. Also, this episode has been brought to you by Hammer of the Gods podcast. They're an actual play TTRPG podcast set in an alternate history homebrew world based around ancient Greece and Greek mythology, where Alexander the Great made allies with Atlantis to expand his empire beyond Earth. Follow the HamPod crew as they explore this world and stay for the shenanigans and BS that ensue. You can check them out over on Spotify or wherever podcasts are sold. Um do that rick is an awesome uh gm all the people on the show are awesome everybody involved with Vactair are awesome so just go do it okay don't be a butt just go do it it. um also they like you know sponsored the show so you know like come on yeah like don't make me look like an idiot okay <laughs> I told them that you would, all right? You do you want me to look dumb? I'm gonna make me a liar. <laughs> oh, this has been the Cave Trolls. We're sorry, and we're out. Alright, we are done. You're, you're once again we have that special time where we get to thank our Patreon producers. Right now we have Kim Winson, Jeremy Raymond, 
the Lorax, and Trellbot. Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on, the mics rolling. You keep chicken sandwiches in our pockets, and you keep us having fun on the mic. Thank you so much. 